Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I like to use, I like to have my hands free. How do you, do you like to have your hands free? Hallelujah. Well, I believe God wants to shake the shackles. And when I'm holding a, a handheld mic, that's like a shackle. But anyway. We're going to be praying this morning for Ron's brother. He's got a brother in Florida by the name of Sam. He asked me if I would uh, lead in a prayer. And it's just kind of great how everything was set up this morning. Faith, how how many of you believe in Jesus? How many of you believe the Bible? How many of you do the Bible? All right. See, that's where faith is different than believe. When you have faith, you do what God tells you to do. And if you do it willingly and obedient, then you will eat the good of the land. You will reap the benefit. And so we had a prayer request for Sam. He has congestive heart failure. But how many of you know that God can restore? God can bring strength. Uh, I've seen God do a number of things over the years. And I believe that uh, Sam is right. I don't, I believe, one thing I believe is that it is impossible to pray and God do nothing. How many Bethel students do we have here? Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, because I think I got it from Bill Johnson. But anyway, it is impossible for you to pray and nothing happened. Something is going to happen when you pray. So we're going to pray for Sam. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We believe your word that if we have not, if we have not because we ask not, but we believe today that when we lift up Sam before you, Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit just to invade his life, Lord God, with his, with his power, with his strength. We speak to his heart. We speak to every organ and every tissue of his body and command it to line up with the word of God in Jesus' name. We say heart and lungs beat and breathe In the name of Jesus, we speak to every organ and every tissue of his body and say, function properly in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. How many of you, when you pray, you're just asking? Yeah, don't don't raise your hand. You have to do more when... You have to do more than just ask. Jesus said, if you will, speak to the mountain. Well, the mountain here is congestive heart failure. So we speak to the mountain. 
We're not commanding God. How many of you know if I commanded God, he, he wouldn't do anything anyway. But he tells us to speak to the mountain. He tells us to speak to the tree, the mulberry tree. He says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will do these things. And so, and so for us to see our faith work, we have to get beyond our just, well, I believe this and I believe this. and I, You know, there are people that believe the Bible that are in hell. But they did not respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not respond and say, I believe that he is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. They don't believe. They might read and they might say, well, the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the dead. But they don't believe. You know, it's a hard, you know that's a hard thing to believe somebody raised from the dead. If you don't believe, hallelujah. Well, if I don't get going, then I'm not going to get done. <laughs> so I'm going to, I am going to turn, uh, you know, I was thinking this morning, Katie always takes my, Katie always takes some of my points and preaches them right before I get up. <laughs> but I'm thinking, well, I handed her my notes. So maybe that's why she does it. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to, but if I don't hand her my notes, then it doesn't get on the app. So anyway, I'm going to uh, read from Isaiah 55. We're going to be talking today about obeying God's unordinary and illogical commands. God's unordinary, has God ever asked you to do anything that was unordinary? Has God ever asked you to do anything that's illogical? Has God ever asked you to do anything that you didn't want to do because it might make you look foolish? Well, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, for years, I had a struggle because I like to have a good reputation. You know what? You can't follow God and have everybody think you're okay. I mean, following God and he tells you to do things that normal people. Let me read if, what is normal. The scripture says those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. They didn't turn it upside down. They turned it right side up. Yeah. You know, if you're hanging upside down all the time and you get turned right side up, you'll think something's odd. Hallelujah. All right, did you find Isaiah 55? This isn't in your notes on the app because I didn't tell her. I got it yesterday. So we'll begin in verse 6. He says this. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Is it possible that he might not be found all the time? That's just a question. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. How many of you know it's not just what you do, but what you think? Because what you think will end up what you do. If you constantly are thinking and meditating on something, you will eventually do it. Hallelujah. 
I don't think about ice cream anymore. <laughs> because if I think about it, I'm going to do it. There's a lot of things I don't think about anymore because if I think about it too much, I'll do it. So let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Thank you, Lord. He said, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God is not, uh, God is not stingy with his mercy. God's not stingy with his grace. You don't have to get everything perfect for you to come to God and he to pardon you. God is full. The Bible says that the Lord is full of compassion. He's full of compassion. And it's not just compassion for the world, for God so loved the world. He's filled with compassion for you because he loves you as an individual. You know, sometimes we compare God to us too much. Because we, we grade God on how we ourselves are. How many of you find it difficult to love some people? Come on, this is church. You don't want to lie in church. <laughs> you find it difficult to love people. But God says, come and I will abundantly pardon God. And, but because we find it difficult to love people sometimes, we think that God finds it difficult to love us. But we have to let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Sometimes, well, I'm saved, but I have unrighteous thoughts. How many of you have had an unrighteous thought since you went to the altar? <laughs> I've, I've, thought, I, I've, I've had thoughts where I thought, and I thought I was saved. My daughter even said one time, and you're supposed to be a preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was watching a PG-13 movie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. He goes on to say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. I want to say this again because I want you to get it. My thought, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, if you think that God thinks like you do, this just proves right here that he doesn't. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, I was originally going to quit here. But then I read, I was reading this morning. He goes on to say, for, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, he says, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper where I send it. 
Now, why did, I, why did I bring that up too? Because if you have unrighteous thoughts and unrighteous ways, his word on the inside of you will change your thinking. Now, if you just go around thinking, well, I can't think that thought, I can't think that thought, I can't think that thought, you will never get rid of it. You will never get rid of a thought just by telling it to go in the name of Jesus. You have to, you have to fill yourself with the word of God and then that will push that thought out. How many of you have ever had uh, olive oil in a bottle? Then you add some vinegar and you add some water and you add some spices. What happens? that the water and the vinegar goes to the bottom and the oil comes to the top. Now, what would happen if you just keep adding the water and the oil? Or not the oil, the, vine the vinegar and the water. What would happen if you just keep adding that? It will eventually push out all of that oil that's on the top. So by you just saying, well, I can't think that thought. Get out in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to think that anymore. It won't happen until you let that word enter your mind and your thought and you keep, you keep it up and it will eventually drive it out. So why am I telling you all this? Because we're talking about baptism this morning. I want you to keep this in mind that obeying God's unordinary and illogical commands brings you blessing. If all you're going to do is just know the Bible and not obey the Bible, it will not bring a blessing to you. I had to learn this the hard way. But there's a, there's a Bible verse in Isaiah that says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And God told me to leave Missouri, put my stuff in storage, and put my babies in a, a Dotson there's a 510. It was a, it was a uh, it, well, anyway, it was a station, a, a Datsun station wagon. Now, a station wagon sounds big, but a Datsun station wagon in, is not big. So I put my two kids, and uh, one, of the, one of the kids had to have a, uh, it's not, not a, it's like a playpen type thing. But anyway, so we packed up what we could and just started heading to the northeast. He said, put your things in storage and head to the northeast. Well, I thought the northeast would have been Connecticut or Maine, <laughs> but I did that, and if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have ended up here. Right. You have to do the illogical to get the blessing, to get the blessing. I had to leave family. I had to leave the Kansas City Chiefs. I had to leave a bunch of stuff. Of course, back, whatever. No, they haven't left me. You can take them out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of them. So, so I want to tell you that God is speaking commands that are unordinary and illogical. How many of you know that people looking out their windows are neighbors and they've seen us dunking people in a 
trough <laughs> is going to look illogical. But there's a blessing to those who follow the command. Hallelujah. So, uh, anyway, Noah was told by God to build an ark, and it had never rained on the earth. You say, well, how did things get water? There was a mist that came up out of the ground, and it watered the plants. It had never rained. Can you imagine when he's building that ark, all of his neighbors commenting, ridiculing, criticizing, making fun of? But when the rain did come and the fountains of the deep broke up, what? They were saying, hey, no, we believe now. <laughs> Knocking on the door. The reality is, is it looks illogical, but the plan of God is a blessing when we follow it. Elijah or Moses was told by God, take your walking stick and go down to Egypt and free my people. In Exodus, if you, we don't have time to read the story, but if you, if you look at the story, Moses isn't all that thrilled about going down to Egypt. For one thing, he was a wanted murderer, to, and God tells him to go back, and God says, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And, God, and Moses had all these excuses why he couldn't do it. But he took that stick and he went down and he, with that stick and the power of God, was able to release. But if he had not have gone, the stick would have done nothing. The stick would have done nothing. You just think about it. When they were leaving Egypt, this is kind of cool. When they were leaving Egypt, Pharaoh and his army was chasing the children of Israel Moses, you know, and they do this in the Ten Commandments. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of God. And God says, what are you standing there for? Move forward. <laughs> Move forward. Keep going. Raise that stick and keep going. I'll just say this uh, in case... The blessing, and let me just say this, that was, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that was considered a baptism. When the children of Israel walked through the Red Sea and all of that mist from, from the waters came, the Bible says that they were baptized unto Moses as they went through the Dead Sea or the Red Sea. And what does that mean to be baptized unto Moses? It means they were baptized unto the law. Okay, that's important. But think about what happened. When they got through to the other side, the walls of water came down upon the Egyptians and they never saw those enemies again. They never saw those chariots. They never saw, I'm talking those particular ones. We know that... They saw some later, but they never saw them again. I'm saying here that if we, we can't uh, regulate what's going to happen, we can't tell you what the blessing is, but I believe that when you follow God, you're going to see the blessing of the Lord. Elijah went up to a widow woman and told her 
to give me a drink and make me a cake. And she says, I'm go I don't have enough for you. I've got enough for me and my son. I'm going to make it and we're going to eat it and we're going to die. It was in the middle of a drought. There was no rain. And Elijah said, make me one first. Now, if that ever got on CNN News, <laughs> ABC, NBC, man, Elijah would be, uh, he'd be done. But, but Elijah said, make me one first. And he said, for the oil, the meal will not run out and the oil will not run out. And for the rest of the famine, they had enough. I was thinking, did the, did the jar fill up and the, and the meal fill? No, she just had enough to reach in and scrape out what she had. She, now was that illogical? She's, now, yeah, some of you think, hey, yeah, no, it's in the Bible. Well, she wasn't in the, they didn't have the Bible at that time. That story wasn't in the Bible. So she, by faith, did what the prophet said, and her and her son, and as a matter of fact, Elijah raised her son from the dead later. Hallelujah. We cannot, not only did she eat, but her son was raised from the dead later. I can't tell you what the blessings are going to be. I can't spell it out. But all I can say is God honors faith. And what is faith? Faith is hearing what God says and obeying it. And it's not just, and it's not just looking at the Bible. It's what the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart that lines up with the Scripture. You know, I've been in the ministry since 1980 or 82. I've got a lot of stories. <laughs> but you're never going to want to sit here and listen to them all. So, you just got to keep moving. I want to speak about Jesus. Jesus and his disciples, there were 12 of them at the time. Are asked, so there's 13 men. How many of you know men get hungry? <laughs> Not only that, there's free wine. And I'm not going to say whether it was grape juice or whether it wasn't. If you want to talk about it later. But Jesus is, uh, Mary, the mother, comes and says, Jesus, they ran out of wine. Woman, what did that have to do with me? She turns around unoffended and says to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Who has the faith there? Mary. And so Jesus, he must have, you know, came to his senses. I guess I got to obey my mother. <laughs> the Bible says, honor your father and mother. So anyway, he says, fill the water pots with water. Each one of those jugs held about 30 to 40 gallons. And, and I think there's, I don't know how many there were. There was enough for the party. He says, fill the water pots with water. And then he says, now take uh, this dipper and take it, to the, take it to your employer and give him a drink. And they're thinking, this is water. 
He's asking for wine. There goes my job. <laughs> but he takes that to the, to the master of the feast and he drinks it and he says, you have saved the best wine. You've saved the best until now. Now listen to this. He says, he says, every other person puts out their best wine at the first. But you, and after they have drunk well, then they bring out the inferior wine. But you have kept the best wine till now. What did obedience do? Obedience brought the best. Obedience supplied the need. Hallelujah. Obedience supplied the need. Jesus would tell cripples, rise up and walk. Hey, cripple, rise up and walk. Didn't say he reached out his hand like Peter and John did in Acts 3. Get up and walk. Can you imagine if CNN, ABC, and NBC got a hold of that? If they did and the miracle happened, they would just, they would just show the first part. <laughs> Jesus would speak to demons and say, come out. He didn't have to say in the name of Jesus like we do. But come out. You know, Sigmund Freud didn't believe in that. But guess what? I believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. There were 10 lepers that came. Nine of them were Jews. One of them was a Samaritan. They come to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. What did they do? They obeyed. They turned around and started walking towards the priest. And they were all healed as they went. The Samaritan turned around and came back and fell on his knees and started worshiping Jesus. Jesus said, were there not ten? Where are the nine that returned? I thought about this this morning. Would the priest have received the Samaritan? That's just kind of a thought. But Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus received that Samaritan. Jesus uh, finds a blind man, gets some dust, (laughs) spits spits and make clay. And he rubs it in his eyes. And he tells the blind man, now go wash. He didn't say, here, let me take you. No, he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Jesus did, he did, and he got his sight back. What am I saying? When we obey the ordinary and illogical commands of God, now I'm not saying that you just make up, a, make up what you want, but I'm saying as you hear what God says through the Scriptures, because believe me, I've heard people tell, I've heard people say, <laughs> I've been a pastor for a long time. I've heard people say the Bible says this, and I'm thinking, what Bible are you reading out of? How many of you know that when you're listening to a sermon, you're not always hearing all of it? How many of you are already home making the roast? How many of you already think about what you're doing after church? 
you know, you don't hear everything. And sometimes we hear what we want to hear. Sometimes we hear the voices in our head and we think that's what God says. But the Bible says that it is the truth that makes us free. So we already talked about the Israelites. I want to talk about uh, a Syrian general by the name of Naaman. Naaman was a leper. He had, he had skin rash, and it could be he could have even lost some, uh, some, some extremities. Because when you have leprosy, you, you lose, uh, your, you could have a nose on you that's dead. You could have fingers on you that dead, and sometimes the rats will come at night and will chew off. I'm talking about back in the day, okay? Of course, there's still rats around now, but... But anyway, they would... Uh, lepers would be missing body parts. And so... Here this Syrian general is commanded by his king to go down in Israel and make raids. What they would do is they would go kill people and take their possessions. And he found this little girl. He took her. He gave, it to his, gave this little girl to his wife and blessed that little girl's heart. She said, I wish my master would go down into Israel so that he could be cured. Now, I don't know if that was me. I might have held that back, held back some information. But she said, I would to God that my master would go to Israel. And I'm cutting this and trimming this down pretty good. So anyway, Naaman gets permission from the king. He goes to Israel. He finds Elisha. And Elisha doesn't even come out to meet him. How many of you know that this general didn't come in his compact car. He comes with an entourage. He's carrying gold. He's carrying clothes he's, because he wants, to, he wants to reward the prophet. And Elisha doesn't even come out. He sends a messenger and say, go dip seven times in the Jordan. When he dips, he's going completely under the water. Baptism. First time, and he gets angry. He gets, I, I could use some words, but preachers don't talk like that. He gets angry. <laughs> and, and he says, I could have dipped, I could have cleansed myself in the rivers back in Syria. I could have died. And, the, and the ser his servant said, he said, if the prophet would have asked you to do something difficult, you would have obeyed him. How much more to do something simple? So he went to the Jordan and he dipped six times and nothing happened. How many of you know that sometimes you can think this ain't working? But he dipped the seventh time and when he come out of the water, the Bible says that his skin was just like a child like a child, could have been a newborn child. The reality is, is he obeyed, the, he obeyed the illogical. How many logical people do we have in here? Logical thinkers. I'm a logical thinker. 
But I have discovered that if I will lay my logic aside, that I can see the power of God being released. Now, Katie took one of my notes, Jesus' <laughs> baptism. But anyway, what did Jesus receive when he obeyed? When he obeyed the Father, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, we might not see the heavens open today, but I believe that there is a blessing that follows obedience. And lastly, there's always blessing in obedience. We obey in faith. Obey does, uh, faith doesn't mean just I believe this and I believe that and don't do anything. Faith is responding to what God tells us. God, when we do the faith act, God will always do the blessing. God will always do the blessing. Now, we are going to have a baptismal, but I would like for all of us to make this confession whether whether you are being baptized or not, because it is scriptural. Can you say this with me? I renounce, I renounce Satan, Satan and all works of darkness. And, works of darkness. and, I, confess and I confess that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, the is the Son of the living God. I believe, I believe and, confess and confess that he lived a perfect life, that he, perfect life, that he, was, sinless, that he was sinless, and that he died on the cross for my sins. His blood cleanses me. The scripture says, the scripture says through, death, through death, he destroyed. Him who had the power of death. Him who had the power of death. That is the devil. That is the devil. And release those, and those who, through fear of death, who through fear of death were all their lifetime, all their lifetime subject, to bondage. subject to bondage. I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I believe he's living today. I believe that he's coming back in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to have the healing team come out. I'm just going to encourage you. This is a celebration of those that are making a public demonstration that they are submitting their lives to Jesus Christ. So I appreciate if we would all go over to the baptismal. If you want to stand underneath the trees to get out of the sun, that's okay. Because I would wish I'd be there with you. But anyway. Anyway, so let's all stand.